welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host Jay Chima with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, DePuma, and the Pro Football Radio senior contributor Eric Burgess, aka the Burgess. Fellas, welcome in. How are y'all doing? Better now that I'm doing this right now. My God, <laughs> I, I, I was overworked. I, I kept telling myself I was gonna make it till seven. Be able to record. It'll be great. We're gonna do like this friggin' megapod tonight, and then naturally the laptop has to update for almost forty fucking minutes. But I'm glad we're here. Glad we made it, Burge. How the hell are you? How's life up in Nashua, aka Bedford Hanscom? It's going well. It's nice to be uh, doing this tonight. Nice break from the. Uh the dad life, so to speak. Oh. But, uh, yeah, it feels good to be doing this. I'm ready to get into this. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to the Super Wild Card Weekend. Let's go. Oh, God, so, Super Wild Card Weekend. <laughs> Six so games. This Wild Card Weekend. Weekend. So to give you guys an update on what the content of the week is going to be for Podcast 75, we'll jump in, talk about Black Monday, talk about the six head coaching vacancies. Um, we'll talk about the Eagles a little bit and uh, the uh, the – the, uh, the outrage that everybody has around the Eagles, and then we'll jump right into Super Wild Card Weekend. Dun, dun, dun. But before all of that, Burge, how are you doing? Before we jumped on the line, before we jumped on the podcast, you said you had a little bit of an infection going on. You're going to be okay? You're going to make it? Dude, I'm good. I, you know, something happened with my eye today. Or it started yesterday. I spent all morning in urgent care trying to get medicine for it. And now I got to put this cream in my eye to freaking cure up this infection that I have. It's disgusting and i don't look forward to putting anything in my eyes <laughs> it's gonna suck so, man it's so essentially, suck. essentially you've got to give yourself a facial uh, pretty much <laughs> yes 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 pretty much i was i was about to say it i was about to start making noises but uh gave me the punch i want to understand I why those were unenjoyable well we were talking about the story before we jumped on the podcast but i was like you know what i'm gonna hold that joke and stay on the pod <laughs> <laughs> you blindsided me with that one. <laughs> That's what happens at the end of the show, too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm glad you're not going to lose your eyesight because, you know, I do think you would rock one hell of an eye patch. I feel like you really pulled that look off, you know? I would, but my football knowledge would go away with my eyesight. Uh, but you, can still, you can still see one out of one eye, right? Yeah, yeah but my, my knowledge is already 50% as, as it is. So <laughs> need need as much eyesight as I can get. Okay, cool, cool. All right, well, let's jump into it, fellas. Uh, let's talk about Black Monday. It came and went yesterday. Um, there was uh, six head coaching vacancies as we speak. The Jacksonville Jaguars fired uh, Doug Marone. The Chargers fired Anthony Lynn. The New York Jets fired Adam Gase. The Houston Texans fired Bill O'Brien a long time ago. Um, Detroit, they fired Matt Patricia about a few weeks ago as well. And the Atlanta Falcons uh, have a head coaching vacancy as well. So with all that being said, fellas, who do you think has the most attractive uh, head coaching uh, vacancy right now? Uh, I mean, I, me personally, I, I still have to I, I have to rank the, the Jacksonville Jaguars just because you have the f- number one overall pick. You have a bunch of draft capital that's coming in. You have an ownership group in the Khan family that has proved itself to be patient and to let things play out and, and develop. And, you know, we for what it was, a blip on the radar, but there was that one year where Jacksonville was one half away from going to the Super Bowl with Blake Bortles, which is amazing in itself. Uh, if, if I had to rank it after that, probably the Chargers with just the fact that you're going to be working with Justin Herbert. A lot of their skill position players are still under contract. And then probably the New York Jets, just because you have a, a general manager in Joe Judge that seems to finally get it. Uh, for better or for worse, Woody Johnson is back. 
from uh, from being the ambassador of the uh, to the UK. Uh, and he was on a press conference yesterday saying, and I quote, I'm tired of losing, which I don't think you saw the other Johnson brothers say anything. But like, you know, for for Jets fans, that's that actually resonates with some people. So I would kind of rank it in that order. Yeah, for for me, I, I you know, it's for me, the number one spot is either between Houston or or the Chargers. I mean, in Houston, you already have that one critical piece uh, in the quarterback and Deshaun Watson. Um, and he's still, you know, pretty young in the league. And, you know, you know how hard it is for, for teams to find quarterbacks these these days. I mean, the Patriots are still trying to do it, and you know, among others. And, of course, the Chargers is very attractive. You have a lot of pieces on offense there. Um, and then you have a young young quarterback in, in Herbert who, who showed a lot this year. So, for me, it's, it's either one of those two. If I'm going to pick some that I want, would, would avoid, I would avoid the hell out of Detroit, and I would avoid the hell out of the Jets because the Jets – still have not shown that they can get out of their own way. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting you bring up the, the Houston job because, yeah, sure, they do have Deshaun Watson, right, and he has a career year, even though the Texans sucked. He had, what, 48-23 passing yards, mm-hmm. um, career best, uh, 70.2 completion percentage, 33 passing touchdowns. I mean, they have that, but Bill O'Brien left that organization in such a bad spot. Like, they have no first or second this year. They have not much cap space at all. So, I mean, that's, that's an interesting one that you would say. But I think for me, it came down to between the Chargers, Jags, and Jets. And I think I'm going to go with the Chargers here just because of how much I love Justin Herbert the guy put together arguably the best rookie season by a quarterback um, they have the eighth most amount in cap space and they got a bunch of stars like you know uh, uh, Bosa and uh, Keenan Allen and uh, Hunter Henry who's a free agent they might be able to sign him again now out of the other jobs the Jacksonville job does you know obviously uh, off the bat you have you know they have the number one overall pick um, you've got a blank state essentially you've got like close to 100 million dollars in cap space is that is that, is that accurate um, yep. You know, and essentially two first and two second rounders. So they got they got a blank slate for somebody to come in and kind of revamp that organization. However, I do see a little bit of Jerry Jones and Shad Khan, man. And oh, some yeah. of the yep. some of the some of the quotes that I've seen and stuff come out. Essentially, you know, he the comment that was made was that he had roster control in 2020, and the incoming GM slash head coach will know ultimately Han is the final authority. So. Um, that's been floating out there. Don't know how valid that is because there's a couple of contradictory reports on that. Um, but if that is the case, then I would seriously consider not going to Jacksonville. And at the moment, it looks like Urban Meyer was the lead head coaching candidate. Um, but that's kind of simmered over the last couple of days. Um, mm-hmm. there, there might be a little bit of a, a snag there. So we'll see how that pans out. Yeah. Who do you think is going to end up? Who do you think is going to end up there? Uh, and like, so we'll say Houston or, or, or Chargers. Who are your picks for those? For those uh, those jobs, so I think I think Urban is gonna land with Jacksonville. I I am hoping Brian Dayball ends up with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I think he would be great for Justin Herbert. Um, and you know Marvin Lewis, he's the guy out there whose name yeah. is being thrown around. Pat Fitzgerald. There's a ton different of people out there. The one person I am not hot on, and I've said this for years on end. Eric Bieniemy, I am not hot on, right? At the end of the day, anytime I see an offensive coordinator that comes off of a great quarterback, whether it's Gates for Peyton Manning, whether it's Josh McDaniels for Tom Brady, whether it's Eric Bieniemy for for um, Kansas City, my thought process is, well, how hard is that job, right? Like, what are you really yep. doing for that great quarterback? Are you holding their coffee or actually uh, putting input in? So I think Eric Bieniemy is one of the guys I would stay away from. Um, but but I think I think Brian Dayball might be one of the best candidates along with Eric Meyer in this upcoming draft class. The upcoming the, uh, head coaching search. And the other name I would keep an eye out too, uh, besides Dable, who I, I was saying early in the podcast, 
a couple of a couple of weeks ago that I wouldn't be surprised if he's a dark horse candidate to be the Houston guy. Uh, but is uh, is Arthur Smith for the Tennessee Titans? Uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes down to Jacksonville, or or maybe he finds his way out to the Chargers as well too. Jacksonville might make a little bit more sense just because of the scheme that he has in Tennessee. If he's able to get you know Trevor Lawrence and all tea leaves point to that, they have a, a bona fide stud in a running back in, in James Robinson, and I think they could do a lot of what they did that made uh, Tannehill and company successful out in Tennessee down in Jacksonville. Um, the only thing that worries me, Jay, you brought this up. I have Houston way down towards the mm-hmm. pile of, of coaching jobs just because, you know, not only the cap situation, and they have no draft picks. Like, they have mm-hmm. no future this year. Yep. And I honestly think J.J. Watt is going to be dealt before the, tra- before the draft to at least get a second-round pick because they're not picking until the third round. And, and cap space is hell. And not to mention, who's going to want to work for Foxborough South, essentially, when Jack Easterby has the ear of, uh, of Cal McNair and they're interviewing Nick Casario as the general manager today. So all, all signs point to Casario getting the job. They want, he wanted to go down to Houston, uh, I believe it was last year, and there was tampering charges that were filed, and it never, never went down that road. But with all the things that have been in place with Easterby and various stories by Sports Illustrated, I wouldn't really that guy seems touch like that a job snake. either. That guy he seems does. like a fucking snake, man. For sure. But, but I think I think you bring up a good point. I'm sorry about that. And essentially, when I was doing this, I was thinking to myself, well, who's the worst, you know, who has the worst head coaching vacancy right now? And for me, it was between Houston and the Atlanta Falcons, right? Because the Falcons also have a pretty shitty situation where they have an aging quarterback with about $50 million in dead cap hit next season, which makes them almost impossible to trade. On top of that, they got the third fewest cap money. So, like, I mean, they have the fourth overall pick, which is great. But but I think between that Houston and Atlanta Falcons job, it really is a toss-up on what is worse, right? Maybe, maybe Houston's a little better because they got a younger uh, quarterback, right? Uh, that's always a positive there. Um, the question I want to ask you guys is, what is Detroit going to do, right? Like, moving <laughs> forward, is Stafford going to be the guy? Are they going to build around him? Is he up for trade? Is it a full rebuild? What's your thought process on how, uh, how uh, Detroit Lions are going to pan out? Well, I think, I think he stays. Staff, I think he does, too. I think Matthew Stafford is, his contract, The way it would, it would be kind of hard for them to move him, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. I think he stays. I mean, it's kind of hard to trade away, and I get it. Like, you want to rip everything down to the studs, but, I mean, he is their best player on both sides of the football right now. Kenny Galladay is an unrestricted free agent. You know, you could say he made a couple of business decisions this year. That's why he only played a handful of games. But, granted, I don't blame him. Like, there's been no confidence. I wouldn't want to re-sign with Detroit unless I see massive changes in that organization. Um, and Burge, you said it yourself too. Like that contract is an albatross. Good luck from getting out from under it. Uh, not only just this year, but the following year too with the cap hit. Mm-hmm. He's going to stay. They're just going to have to figure out different ways to to get crafty with with the cap that they have and and you know draft capital as well too. I don't think yeah. Kenny Galladay leaves there either. So I, mean, I think if Stafford, Stafford stays, to... if Stafford yeah. stays, Galladay resigns. Right. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of breaking news. Uh, wide receiver from Alabama wins the Heisman Trophy for 2020. Uh, Devontae wow. Smith is your new Heisman wow. winner. Wow. That's that's interesting. I'm first surprised. Time, first time a non-quarterback or running back has won it since some 93, I believe, with Desmond Howard. So, hey, Remember the, when uh, Dabo Sweeney said they should basically engrave Trevor Lawrence's name in the, st- in the statue? <laughs> well, Dabo, Dabo Sweeney says a lot of dumb shit. So, I mean, Good he call, also Dabo. Said, 
He also said Ohio State was the 11th best team in the country. So, I mean, there's a lot of dumb shit that Davos when he says. <laughs> Fucking guy. Um, and then finally, well, I want to hit on this before we move off the uh, the head coaching uh, vacancies. I think the New York Jets have a great option uh, as well, man. They still have Sam Darnold. They got the second overall pick and Seattle's first and third uh, due to the uh, Jamal Adams trade. Um, I, Joe Douglas has you know hit on this last uh, last year's draft, and you know they own the second most cap space, so that's also a very attractive uh, job. Unfortunately, now you got to come down to the the uh, the guessing game of are they going to keep Sam Darnold? Is a new head coach going to come want to come in and you know? keep Sam Darnold or is he going to try to essentially go and get a, a quarterback with the second overall pick so there's quite a bit to figure out there but the Jets also have a fairly uh, fairly good option as well yeah that's why I have them ranked as third third in the pecking order for the best gig mm-hmm. I, I really like what Joe Douglas has done so mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Joe Douglas and if he plays his card right and he, and he auctions off that second overall pick man um, I think that that could work wonders for them to build up uh, for the future. And and I was uh, I was listening to Mel Kuyper today, and you know he thinks that the Jets are going to stick with Sam Darnold because essentially coming out of college, Sam Darnold had a better uh, grade on him than Justin Fields does right now. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you're looking at it. You got a 23 year old quarterback that has a high, hell of a grade coming out of college. He has a couple years of experience, sure, bad experience, um, but you can use that leverage you have with the second overall pick and really help you set up for the future. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think he stays too. I, I, mm-hmm. I think that they, they, they can't move off of him just yet unless they're going to do what Arizona did and, and you know, kind of put their balls in that court. But yeah. I think he stays. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, yes, Puma, sir. you want to hit on the uh, Philadelphia Eagles real quick? Yeah, only because this this has been like getting legs for the last like 48 hours. And, and, and I understand. But for those of you that don't know or live under a rock, um, the Washington football team, uh, they played the Philadelphia Eagles in prime time. That game got flexed into prime time with the division on the line. And uh, the, the, the playoff circumstances of this game were if the, uh, the winner of the, the Cowboys-Giants game, they would win the division if Washington lost the game versus the Eagles. The Eagles had nothing to gain for a playoff position. They could only play the role of spoiler, and they they kept it close. They were only down three points going into the fourth quarter, and uh, Coach Peterson, Doug Peterson, uh, pulled Jalen Hurts out and put Nick Sudfeld in for the rest of the game. And uh, it, it basically, to the the naked eye, it looked like a tank job. I'm going to call it for what it is. Uh, and Giants fans and all you know, Karen Florio and company out oh, there God. were. We're losing their mind about how the NFL needs to punish this. You can't have this in the game. You can't do this and you can't do that. You can't tank and whatnot. And, and my take, and you guys can tell me if I'm crazy, is if you're the Giants, win more games. Yep. Like Evan Ingram needs to come down with that touchdown uh, pass uh, against the Eagles a couple of weeks ago. And we're not having this conversation win more games joe judge said it himself before he took doug peterson to the guillotine yesterday we had 16 opportunities to be a better football team this year and we only hit on about six of those so you need to win more games and then you don't put it in the fate of a division rival to gift wrap uh, a division title to you uh i don't want to hear about how the league needs to come down on this nobody gave a shit when the new york jets were basically mm-hmm. mailing it in and called cover zero to seal the loss against the raiders nobody cared when you know um dan orlovsky ran out of the back of the end zone to cause a safety to go 0 16 that year so they could get andrew luck 
I, I don't want to hear about you need to mandate this out of the game. I don't want to hear about a draft lottery. Um, if this happened in the one o'clock time frame, we could all agree nobody would give a shit. The only problem is, is this happened on an island game in prime time. Uh, for better or for worse, Doug Peterson and, and Howie Roseman and company, they're in charge of that team. And they thought it was better to get a higher draft pick uh, to get a skill position player. And you know what? God bless them. But to, to have people get on the high horse of the sanctity yeah. of the game, I can't, I can't get behind that. Yeah. Win more Listen, games. Listen, I, th I think you're spot on, man. Listen, I don't have a problem with how uh, Peterson essentially coached that game, right? Listen, the closer you are to 15th or 8-8 eight and eight in the NFL, the worse off you're going to be, right? You want to be either really high in the draft or you want to be either really low in the draft because uh, that either means you're going to get a great quarterback or you're in the playoffs, right? So I don't have a problem with Doug Peterson tanking that game to essentially move from 9th up to 6th, which is, which is a big, big move in, in this year's NFL draft. Now, tanking happens every year. The severity of it, obviously, you might not be able to tell how severe the tanking is. We had the Jacksonville Jaguars tanking three weeks ago because they started uh, Glennon over Minshew. I mean, that's obviously a tank job to get uh, Trevor Lawrence. But, you know, I think you're spot on, Puma. The fact that this was an 8 p.m. game and the fact that it happened to the New York market and the New York media market and all those players that are kind of pushing the story is what's really kind of getting, uh, getting the attention of the nation. And finally, Joe Judge. I had a little bit of an issue with what he said. Uh, for the most part, you know, I, I think, I think how it looks, I think it looks bad because it's self-serving for Joe Judge and the New York Giants, right? I personally believe he was so adamant and so strong in his rebuke because it happened to his team. I believe he wouldn't have that same amount of energy if it happened between two NFC West teams because it wouldn't include him, right? So, right. like, you know, people are saying online, Joe Judge is trying to protect the integrity of the game. Bull fucking shit. It's self-serving. You know, it's happening because it's happening to his team. The integrity of the game, that's a whole lot of bullshit. The NFL this year had, you know, essentially the Denver Broncos go out there and play with the, with the wide receiver at quarterback just because, you know, the, I mean, that, that in itself is also an issue with the integrity of the game, but nobody cares. So I just, I, I Joe Judge rubbed in the wrong way with those comments, and, and I don't know how you feel about that, Burge, but, you know, it's just something that I think is very self-serving. No, you know, I I, I think Joe Judge did, did lay it on a little thick. Um to quote Mr. Felger from earlier today, uh, in that in those especially, especially the part with the sacrifices. I mean, that yeah, that, like, that part was like, yeah, dude, like, like that's like, like that's a reach, dude. Like, like what you do you were mean? Fine. Like, imagine you were being fine a... with what you said about everything earlier, but like, like to double down. Come on, yeah. Like, like what you you what just because you got a uh, like a nose swab up here, uh, you got a nose swab every day that's a sacrifice. Like, get the fuck out of here. You're getting tested every single day for four months. Imagine being a small business owner right now in this COVID situation. No, I definitely agree with you, and you know, it, I haven't been able to relocate it, but I heard heard somewhere on on sports radio that Peterson had said before the game that Sudfeld was yep. going to play. At he some did, yeah, that's right. And you know, see what you want, Giants, win more games. You know, don't mm -hmm. put yourself in a position to be you know coming down to a division rival to secure you a berth in the playoffs. Nate Sudfeld has been with the Eagles for four years. This is a perfect opportunity to get him some playing time. You know, on, on with the team, you know, the, the, the Eagles had nothing to play for and this and that. But on the other side of that, I will say, Peterson, I think, might have lost the locker room there in Philadelphia mm -hmm. um, with this decision. All Everything I'm seeing coming out of the players there, you know, is all negative about it. And you know what? 
with Karen Florio, that's just a joke. Like, you're going to penalize these guys for, right. for, for for managing their team? Like, get the hell out of here. Like, that's that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Yeah, be pissed off at them, but there's no way the NFL can discipline a team for pulling a player uh, because of, uh, you know, an impact in the playoff standings. The Giants controlled their own destiny earlier in the year. They were in the trash division. They could have taken, you know, won a few more games and separated themselves from the absolute trash that's in that division, but they didn't. So, yep. you know, the Giants lose. They, they're out of the playoffs. You know, everything happened the way, you know, it, it, it did, and I have absolutely no issue with how everything was managed. It was mm-hmm. the most NFC East way of things that went down, though, right? Like, absolutely. you couldn't have it end any differently. Like, this, this encapsulates the 2020 uh, season yep. for the NFC East. Absolutely. Yeah, man, like that that was just that was, you know, like yeah, I guess it's not a good look, but like how are you possibly gonna legislate some sort of punishment? Like how are you gonna be able to tell like essentially if they're tanking or not? Like I just don't understand what Karen Florian and half these morons are talking about. And at the end of the day, like everybody I think we all agree for the first time ever on the podcast, like I think the Giants need to look at nobody but themselves. Um, look at their own win loss column at six and ten. This yep. is all on the New York Giants and nobody else. It's not. It's not the Eagles' fault that you started out zero and five, went one and seven, had a little bit of a run, but then lost three games to end the season. Like it's nobody else's fault besides your own. And it's just typical the NFL stuff getting blown out of proportion. I mean, yeah. like you said, Puma, if this was a one o'clock game. We're, we're probably not even talking about this right now. Now, before we move off of this, Jay, you got to tell us what your brother thought of this whole thing. Oh, dude, he's so pissed. Oh, my like, God. Like, talk, he's, talk, talk to me, dude. He's, he's so pissed. Like, oh, my God. Let me pull up some of his texts. Some of his texts are absolutely hilarious. Uh, hold on a second. Fan. Oh, he's a huge Giants fan. Uh, <laughs> stuff like, oh, man, that was, quote, that was so embarrassing, man. Openly mocking the Eagles tactics. Such a bad look, man. Not sure how they bounced back from that. Uh, what else? What else? Let me get some of this. Uh, Eagles will not recover from this. Lost all respect and trust of their own players. <laughs> they, they reward this type of stuff. I think this time it's gonna set them back years. This seems like wow. a wake up. This seems like a wake up call. Oh, there's so much, man. He was so pissed. This is why the NBA is still better. Adam Silver would not let this shit fly. Oh, stop! Oh, get I know, out I know. That's here, that's the one. That's the one stop that kind of. It. That's the lost one. me there. The, All right, bro. That, Bridge that's, too far, man. Well, that's that's the one that lost me through the roof because I, I had to, like, text back. And I was like, bro, same NBA that let, you know, essentially run a test, go into the stands, and punch <laughs> fans in the face. Same NBA refs that had a fixing between the Lakers and Kings series back in the early 2000s. Like, what are you talking about, man? You know? <laughs> yeah, he was not happy, so... So, uh, you know, Fouad, if you're listening, man, I'm sure you will. I'll see you the podcast afterwards. But, bro, yeah. it's, all, it's all on the Giants. Six and ten. Yeah, man. I, I love you, Fouad, but, like, that's on your boys. Win more <laughs> games. Win more games. Yeah. Oh, my God. He was so heated. It was hilarious. Um, okay, we're ready to move on to NFL Super Wild Card Weekend? Pew, pew, pew! <laughs> All right, game one, we've got the uh, number seven seed Colts at 11 and five taking on the number two uh, Buffalo Bills of Brandon Puma at 11 and 13 and three. Uh, they, they, they play at 1 p.m. on Saturday. Puma, he got winning this game. I don't know what I'm asking you because I already know who you're going to pick, but uh, we'll, play, uh, we'll play the spiel anyway. I like, you know, obviously uh, with that lead up, uh, there's really not a whole lot to talk about. I, I like the Bills in this game. Uh, their defense, defense is clicking on the, 
all all the cylinders at the moment. Uh, I mean, they even had their their backups in there against my Miami Dolphins, and you know, just completely blew the doors off those guys. But I mean, they they, they rolled against the Dolphins. Allen's still clicking with uh, on all cylinders with Stephon Diggs, even though he has. If they had a practice, the, he would have been listed as did not participate. I think he had an ankle injury. Uh, of some kind uh, that kind of held him out of a walkthrough today, something to definitely keep an eye on. But th- I think this defense is clicking uh, at the right time. Um, and I love me some Phillip Rivers. You guys know that as well, too. But, I mean, playoff game on the line in Buffalo. Buffalo is actually going to actually have fans in the stands for this game. I think they're going to have about 6,700. Are you going up? And, and, <laughs> you know what? If I had tickets, why not, Jay? I get tested in a cocaine heartbeat just uh, just in, just to you know, stick it to you two guys. But I mean, hey, I'm not with you, man. <laughs> I I just I love Philip Rivers, but the costly turnovers, man. That they almost mm-hmm. let the Jags back in the game last week. The, the key for Indy to win this game is to just run the football. Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor looks like a man amongst boys. I, I was on the pod earlier this year and I kind of had trepidations about the fumbling issue. And Jay, mm-hmm. you kind of brought this up too, because you, you watched him at Wisconsin. The The fumbling issue mm-hmm. was real, but he seems to have righted that ship. And hell, if you even look at fantasy mock drafts for next year, they have Jonathan Taylor as the number two pick on the board for mm-hmm. some reason. Um, and really just run the football and keep the ball out of Phillip Rivers' hands, and that's going to be the key to the game. Buffalo right now, they're six-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 51. I like Buffalo laying the six-and-a-half points here. If it was seven, I might start thinking about Indianapolis, but if it's six-and-a-half, give me Buffalo in this game. I kind of like the under just because they're going to be up in Buffalo, and it's Buffalo in the wintertime. Hey, Purge, let me let me go and let me give my pick because I know where you're leaning, and I want to get this out of the way before uh, fight yeah. night, fight night, ding, ding, right? But <laughs> listen, I... <laughs> Listen, I think the keys to Indianapolis winning is essentially establishing their run game with Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. Uh, I think you you just mentioned it, Puma. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is coming on really strong um, in the last few few games. And even overall, their run attack has been fairly strong for the last five weeks. Uh, they have five 100-yard games in the last five weeks and two 200-yard games, right? So essentially, run the ball, take some pressure off Phillip Rivers. That's how you win. Now, the key to Buffalo to winning is going to be able to move the ball through the air as effectively as possible. The Colts have allowed... Uh, opponents to throw for 300 yards four out of the last five weeks and buffalo is peaking so i do expect them to essentially um, throw a little bit of a haymaker here on on the colts defense buffalo's averaging 47.7 points in the last uh three games um and the bills you know they should have enough offense to win this game um but i do think the colts will control the ball uh, at a time of possession right so i think bills 31 24 um, listen, I really like Philip Rivers as well, but I just think there's no way he's going to go up to uh, Buffalo and outduel that, that high-flying offense right now. So with that being said, Bird, it's all you, man. Let's hear it. <laughs> Can't wait. I already got my I already got my Captain Morgan straight ready for this. <laughs> Me too. So, <laughs> Me too. Let's, let's go, Burge. Ding, ding, ding. Round one, Apollo versus Rocky. <laughs> and I'm going to be Rocky here because I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts Ooh. to win this game. I love – Indianapolis's rushing attack, you know, Buffalo's defense has shown at times that they're uh, that they can be vulnerable uh, against the run. Um, I just, uh, I, I, I'm pulling for Philip Rivers this year. You could probably call this more of a heart pick than a uh, a brains pick. Um, obviously, the the you know how Buffalo's playing right now, you know they're balling out 
they're balling out. They're beating everybody, you know, pretty good. Um, and you can say what you want about that Miami game um, last week against, you know, a potential playoff team. But Miami just didn't show up to play. They weren't ready to go at all. And I think, I think losing Ryan Fitzpatrick really hurt them in that game. And I think that, you know, they might have put up some more fight on the offensive side of the ball, maybe, maybe possessed it even longer and, you know, kind of controlled it a little bit more. But, you know, I, I'm really pulling for Phillip Rivers. Um, I, you know, he's getting up there in age. Who knows how much longer he's going to play. I think he deserves a real shot at a title. He's got a great coach in Frank Reich. You're welcome, Puma. And, I love um, Frank Reich. Don't get it twisted. I love me some Frankie Reich. <laughs> yeah, because no, I was thinking, I, I was I, like, who's, I'm who's saying, he going to pick I'm saying you're welcome. <laughs> I'm saying you're welcome. I'm giving him credit. Um, you know, I, I, I just think that Indianapolis can get, get the ball going on the ground, kind of control some tempo uh, in the game, and, you know, kind of keep the ball out of the offense of, um, of Buffalo, which has been on fire lately. Um, you know, I'm not going to pick uh, – I, I probably won't pick – for Josh Allen at all the rest of the season if he wins this game, but he's got to show me that he can he can show up uh, when it counts. I know it's in Buffalo; they're going to have a few fans there, but you know he's got to show me he can do it when it counts. I mean, they were beating up on some pretty. Uh, I mean, they beat up on the Patriots. The Patriots suck. Um, you know, they had a couple of good wins in there too. You know, the Steelers game was a good win for them, but uh, you know, my gut's just leaning me towards Indianapolis in this game. And you could say it's bias, you could say it's hate, say it all you want, but. Indianapolis is going to win. They're at least going to cover in this game, but I'm picking them to win outright. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't touch the over-under in it. Well, listen, I, I think I'm, you know, I, I wish more than anything the Buffalo Bills lose this game because I am no fan of Josh Allen. I don't even front about that. But at the end of the day, like, I, I just think Buffalo is just such a good team all the way around. It's not just Josh Allen. Um, they have a great offensive line. They got great weapons, man. That defense is peaking as well. So, you know, listen, it would be great for them to lose, but I just don't think it's going to happen. And for me, Josh Allen, what I want to see out of him this playoff run, and the only way I'm going to give him any sort of, like, MVP, top five elite quarterback status, I need him to go into Kansas City and beat Patrick Mahomes. Because if we're going to talk that talk about how, how great he is and he's the next great quarterback, blah, blah, he's going to have to a, win a playoff game, which he'll start by this weekend, and then eventually go on and beat somebody as good as a Kansas City. I think they could be the kryptonite for the uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I put that out there on Twitter last week as well, too. And another thing to keep an eye out for the Indianapolis side of things is how are they going to mitigate the, the Buffalo Bills pass rush without Anthony Costanzo? Because he was put on IR. I think his season's done with a knee injury. Um, so I, I would really – I think Ed Oliver – I love Ed Oliver. I was the sucker that took him as – a really, really dark horse defensive player of the year candidate for uh, for betting purposes, but I, I really like him. I think he can kind of get after it in this game, and you know, whatever. I'll, I'll see you guys in Kansas City. <laughs> wow, very confident over here. So now, you're, you're, you're already you're already confident they're going to win another game. That's right. You already picked uh -huh. them to go to the Super Bowl. So, uh, yep. Hey, you know, we we talked about it. I don't know if we're, it's a megapod. We can kind of do whatever the hell we want. But sure. I mean, the last week we did the uh, the updated, you know, our Super Bowl picks, and you know, I I still think the Bills could be that kryptonite for the Kansas City Chiefs. They they haven't. The Chiefs have kind of played down. They the got to get there the first, ton, and uh, I think they could get there for sure. So, yeah, put put me in Buffalo Bills to the Super Bowl. Go with me, Arrowhead. Not, Here we go. Now, Birds, let me ask you a question. Do you think there's any defense that can slow down the Bills and how they're playing right now? Um, looking past Buffalo because I think they'll win this game in the second round. Um, they're gonna play the winner of 
they're probably end up playing the Pittsburgh Steelers because I do have the Steelers winning against the the Browns. Do you think the Steelers are going to be able to slow down the Buffalo Bills? Uh, I think they can. I think they learned a lot uh, in that loss they took earlier in the year when they were kind of, when they've been slumping. I mean, they're still kind of slumping. Um, you know, they played with backups against Cleveland and they almost beat them. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, Pittsburgh's got a shot. Baltimore's got a shot to do it. Baltimore does. Um, yeah. Those are those are the those are probably my top two picks. I, Tennessee. Their defense sucks, so that, that that game would be a shootout if, if, if that matchup ended up happening at some point. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 st- I still want to see a Buffalo-Baltimore matchup. I really want to yeah, see that. that I did, that, too. That was, my, mm-hmm. that was praying for that to happen coming into Wild Card Weekend because yeah. Baltimore's peaking at the right time, mm-hmm. too. And yeah. I think it would be a well, great matchup. Now it's not going to happen because now Baltimore's going to go play Kansas City if they win. Um, so it's probably end up gonna end up gonna being, uh, but listen, Puma, like you know, as much of a fan of the Bills as you are, you know, I know you already said they're going to the Super Bowl, but is there any defense in the AFC that scares you for the Buffalo Bills? I mean, really, it it, it might just come down to Baltimore and mm-hmm. me. Mm. Baltimore, the winner of the the Steelers and Cleveland game. I, I, I like the I like the I like the Browns as well too. I like their pass rush, the, the secondary. You have to figure Denzel Ward. I, I think he was actually back the last couple of weeks. He'll probably be a go in that game. Um, you know, and again, it's going to come down to how the Bills are able to withstand the running attack. I mean, earlier this season, they were gashed on the ground, but a lot of that was because Matt Milano was not in the lineup, Trey, Trey Edmonds was not in the lineup, but they're back, and they've, they've been able to kind of withstand the blows at times. So, you know, it's really going to come down to who can run the football better, and the Browns and the Ravens are the first one that jump off the, off the page of running the football effect, effectively besides the Tennessee Titans with the running refrigerator. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Um, are we uh, done with this game? Should we move on? Or do you guys want to get any more uh, any more knocks in? Because I, I'm not lying. That was a little bit of a disappointment. I thought we were going to have well, a full, uh, full on drag out, you know, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'll say this. I, I, I think the real way that you, you beat the way the Buffalo Bills, the way they're playing right now, is with a strong running attack and, and possession of, and keeping the ball out of their offense's hands. If, if, if Indianapolis can establish you know, a run game and establish a long sustained drive, um, you know, early on in that game, I think it's going to present issues for, for the bills. And I, if you're, 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 you're picking the coin toss in that game. If I'm the Indianapolis Colts, I want the ball to start that game. Well, I think with Stefan Diggs addition to the bills offense, I think they've morphed into this, this almost quick strike offense, especially with Josh Allen's arm strength. Um, so even if you do control the time of possession and you run the ball, like, you know, they've morphed into that almost Kansas City Chief-like offense where they can score quickly. It doesn't matter, right? Well, a lot well, of times, why. A lot of times the Kansas City Chiefs will lose the, the turnover, I'm um, sorry, the time of possession battle, and they'll just end up still winning the game just because of how quick strike their offense is. Well, that's, that's now John Brown's back. John Brown's yeah. back in that lineup too. He can mm-hmm. take the top off the of defense, and he's a torture. Uh, he's a scorcher on the defense, uh, offensive side of football too. So, mm-hmm. I, well, that's why you possess know, the ball. That's why you possess the ball. You possess yeah. the ball. You know, you know they're going to get the quick strikes, and you you kind of concede that. You know that's going to come. But if you possess well, the ball and you make and you score on your long sustained drives, you score six points, not three points. If you score six points, you're going to match them. Yeah, well, if I'm you, trying. They can continue to do it. I'm trying to get as like even if you do possess the ball for 35 minutes and only give it in for 25, that still might not be enough. You might need to be in that 40, 20 range. I mean, and that might be something that is not possible in this uh, this NFL. 
No, no, I understand that. I'm not saying it's it's it's, it's a guarantee that it's gonna it's gonna work. I'm just saying that that that's the recipe. You have to sustain your drives. You know they're mm-hmm. gonna go down and score quick. So you can't have them go down and score quick. Come in, run a three and out, give it right back to them, and because mm-hmm. you know they're probably gonna go down and score quick again. So you need you take the time off, and you 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 make the most of those opportunities. You, you, you're gonna be in the game at the end. Mm-hmm. Now, Puma, are you working this Saturday, or are you just gonna sit in front of the TV at one o'clock and start watching? Oh, I'm off the Saturday, so oh. I'll be I'll be watching everything. Tara Tara's probably gonna hate me. I'll probably have to move the TV to a different room, <laughs> but um, no, I'm 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 watching these games. So nice, nice. yeah, Puma, give me give me all this. If you're free, I might come over Saturday. We'll watch some football, man. Uh, it's an open invite. My so man. It, it burged, you know, the inv- if it wasn't fucking COVID, you would be, it would be open invite too. So don't, yeah. don't feel well, slighted. All right. <laughs> well, I'm going to, I'm going to come for the 440 game because I don't want to have to see your boner the whole time with the, with the bills playing. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> He'll be wearing his Josh Allen jersey. At the you know what? I will. I will. I will. Just, just for that. I, I, I'll wear my Josh Allen jersey. I want to post the- it on Twitter. I'll have the Bills I, hoodie nearby too. I bet you. I bet you he sleeps in his Josh Allen uh, jersey. No, no, I'm not that pathetic. <laughs> He's probably got a Josh Allen fathead above his above his bed, so he can stare at it when he. No, goes no, no. Refrigerator magnet, Burge. Refrigerator magnet. Get it right, okay? Got to start my day off right. You like it's right to next look to at coffee it. Machine. You like to look at it when you're in bed and you're comfortable and you see him and you just nah, nah. It's it's on the fridge. I, I hit it like like Notre Dame and I say play like a champion today. It'll be great. <laughs> you know, it's not gonna surprise me if you have both. It's not gonna surprise me if you have both of those. Things, this man. fucking guy. Hey, you know, go go rub your picture of Jared Stidham. Go rub your I picture will. of Stidham. He's above go get my your bed. Shine because, box. Hey, he's above my bed. I'm not afraid to admit it. Hey, that, it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> Puma, speaking of uh, speaking of your place, how's the uh, the kitchen coming along? Yeah, the, the kitchen's great. I'm I'm looking at my refrigerator in the basement slash office slash recording studio. Uh, there's no wall in the kitchen. Everything's bare. It's super weird, but it's it's coming along great. But there's a Josh Allen there. Don't worry. There is a Josh Allen. There is a Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the four o'clock game um, on Saturday, which you got the number six seeded uh, Los Angeles Rams at uh, ten and six, going up to play the number two seeded Seattle Seahawks at twelve and four. Uh, Puma, he got with this game, man. So I'm torn. I'm torn mm-hmm. in this game because mm-hmm. the drop off from Goff to Wolford, in my opinion, I don't think it's that much, and mm-hmm. I think Wolford offers a little bit more in the in the offensive side of the football because he can actually run the friggin' football too. Um, I, I, I like the Rams in this. I, I think Jalen Ramsey is going to step up again. We're going to have Ramsey, Metca- uh, Metcalf, you know, round three. Uh, Russell Wilson is going to have to depend on Tyler Lockett a little bit more in this game. They, they split the series in the regular season uh, this year as well, too. And I just like the Rams defense a bit more. You know, Aaron, Do- uh, Aaron Donald... Uh, even though he kind of left the game for a little bit with a back injury uh, versus uh, the Cardinals. I think he's going to be a go in this game. Cooper Cup should be back. Uh, Robert Woods will be a go in this game too. Uh, Cooper Cup's going to be the guy that gets you those yards and moves the chains. I think the Rams uh, surprise some people against uh, against Seattle. I, I just like the Rams defense. I think they're going to make Russell Wilson press a bit. Uh, the Rams are great against stopping the run, uh, and they should make – Russell Wilson tried to do hero ball, and we saw in their first matchup that he kind of coughed up. I believe it was two interceptions, maybe one fumble. He was he was kind of all over the place, and I think that's going to be the key to victory here. Give me the Rams. 
Seattle is uh, four-point favorites. Uh, I like the Rams in this game. The over-under is 43. I kind of like the uh, over in this game, I guess, but I'm only betting the spread. Yeah. Boach, you got winning this game, man. Uh, like you, Puma, man, I'm torn. I mean, mm-hmm. Seattle looks so good at the start of the season. We were talking about them, you know, as serious Super Bowl contenders. I think everybody's come way down off of that. Um, you know, I think the, the key battle in this game is going to be Seattle's offensive line versus uh, the Rams' defensive line. If Seattle's offensive line has not been great down the stretch this season, and, you know, you know what L.A. Rams' uh, defensive line brings with Donald. You know, it's just they're going to create havoc for Russell Wilson. Um, obviously, Jalen Ramsey shut down D.K. Metcalf in their last meeting. I see the strong potential that that happens again. Um, you said it's a four-point line for, uh, for Seattle, Puma? Yeah. Yep, four points over under 43. So if I'm, if I'm picking this game against the spread, I'm going Rams. I think it's going to be a very close game. And I, I agree with the uh, with the quarterback situation in L.A. There's not a whole lot of difference there. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think Goff might even be worse. Um, <laughs> and that's and that's valid. That's the yeah, fucked up thing is it's like that's the goddamn truth. And it's like I don't know. I like I, Seattle's defense also has stepped up. You know, late in the year they've played a lot better than they did early in the year. If I'm betting the spread, I'm picking the Rams. But I I, I think Seattle's going to find a way to win this. The Rams have been 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 inconsistent throughout times this year and you know i I, i'm just i'm not ready to again i'm not ready to pick against russell wilson i think that they're going to win this game especially being at home i know there's no fans but playing at their home field uh, i I like seattle to win this to win this game outright yeah listen i i'm also very torn on this game as well and you know a lot of it comes down to quarterback situation for the rams I i was very impressed with uh, John Wolford, man. Like, I mean, essentially the guy, you know, we all, I knew going into this game, I started watching some of his tape. And I'm like, all right, who is this guy? Let me try to figure out who this is, right? You know, you can see he was fast on tape, but his ability to go through reads, find holes in the defense and throw it with anticipation was really surprising for me. Like, I didn't expect to see all that of a polished uh, quarterback and uh, uh, out of John Wolford. So, you know, at the end of the day, the Rams offense runs to the running attack. Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown better come to play. And if John Wolford is quarterback, then they better be ready to shoulder most of it, um, if not all the load. Um, now, I saw today Sean McVay is not going to name a, uh, a starting quarterback correct until Sunday. Yeah. Um, so that means there's a chance that Jared Goff can play. Um, on the other side, listen, Seattle's defense has been pay- playing very well of late. Um, the week 17, unfortunately, uh, was the first time that they allowed over 20 points since weeks, a week 11 matchup with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so I do like what I'm seeing out of the Seattle defense. But that, that Seattle offense, man, I'm, ha- I'm having some issues with that the last few weeks, man. They, they sometimes don't know what they're really doing. Um, they look kind of uh, out of sync, uh, discombobulated almost. So, you know, ultimately it will come down to the Rams defense keeping it close. Um, but I just don't think John Wolford will be, will be able to make enough plays to outdo Russell Wilson up in Seattle. So give me give me the Rams um, somewhere in the realm of like maybe like a 24-17. All right. Another thing to keep an eye on too on the Seattle side is the 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 running back uh, position because Chris Carson I think he gave a lot of those carries away last week to uh, Rashad Penny he came off of the ACL injury last year kind of working him back in there uh, Carlos Hyde he was he missed last week with an uh, an illness 
So, I mean, maybe if they get these three guys going in this game, that might help a few things. But definitely uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. And, Jay, to, to your point of they seemed a bit discombobulated, it seems like they're almost caught in the in no man's land. Like, they want to let Russ cook, mm-hmm. right? But they mm-hmm. also want to go back to the roots, and that's run the football and lean on their secondary. But the defense up until the last couple of weeks has not been that great. So I think that's kind of where you see the, uh, you know, somewhere in the between that the, that the, uh, the Seattle Seahawks are at. All right, so question for you guys. If, and that's a big if, if Jared Goff is healthy, does Sean McVay have the balls to bench him for Jordan, uh, I'm sorry, John Wol- Wolford? Uh, I, don't think he, I don't think he has the balls to do that. I don't think he does either. I think, yeah. he, I think he hitched his wagon to, to yep. Goff and mm-hmm. – I'm kind of with know, you man. there. I, if if Wolford had played two games and looked, mm-hmm. you know, yep. halfway decent, maybe there's more of a discussion there. But you you kind of have a one a one game a one game sample yep. size. Really I, small sample size. If I recall, uh, Kyler Murray didn't play on again for the Cardinals. Correct. He started, got hurt, went out, okay. came back again, but never really was the same. Okay, I got you. I mean, because I, I look, I just quickly looked at the box score because I didn't, I didn't watch the game and I didn't see that he had any. Yeah, he any didn't score, do jack. So, yeah. So yeah. you know, maybe Kyler Murray's healthy in that game, they don't win. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I, I think you got to stick with, with with Goff if he's if he's healthy. If he's you know if he's a hundred percent. If there's any questions, then you you, you can't do it. Right. Yeah. Especially with the thumb. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, we were. I know you guys were like trying to rib me a bit with like with Tua early this year, but, like, if you can't grip the friggin' football, then, like, you're a liability at that point. And with Goff's track record of being Jekyll and Hyde, you're even more of a liability if you can't grip the goddamn football. So, like, at that point, you might as well go to the, you know, AAF alumni for the Arizona Hotshots who can throw the ball quickly with anticipation and can run the football when need be, too. And yeah. I think, like, that might be the deciding factor because he adds a different layer to the offense that Jared Goff can't do. Mm-hmm. I just think whoever's in there is going to be on a short leash no matter what. If it's right. not good early, then I don't think McVay will hesitate to make a change. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool. Yeah, listen, I, I, was, I was shocked. I, I was uh, surprised to see that uh, uh, John Wolford was able to anticipate those throws uh, as, as well as he could. So um we'll see we'll see if the thumb surgery that jared goff had will allow him to play and if not then i guess wolford it is right yep speaking of uh, possible quarterbacks on a short leash jay mm-hmm. the next game bucks what? versus washington <laughs> well tom brady's gonna be on a short leash no no the, the, the washington football team oh okay dude. okay, I, mean, okay. I was like what I was, I was like i know you're not a big fan of brady but short leash like ah, that's reaching but listen you are correct the 8 p.m game uh we've got the uh, number five seeded uh tampa Bay buccaneers at 11 and 5 going up to washington to play the football team uh at seven and nine so uh puma i think i know where you're going and i can uh, sense your brady hate coming through already but we got one of this game it's not Brady hate. It's just a. It's just a. It's just a fact. I think they keep this game close. Them being the Washington Football Team. Uh, right now, the spread is eight and a half points. The over under is forty five. Call me nuts. I don't care. This isn't Here hate. This is just. This is just the eye test. I love the defense for the this Washington is- Football Team, and we we have seen in the past that if you're able to establish a pass rush without having to blitz a ton. You can get after Brady and potentially cause turnovers. And the Washington football team defensive line can do that. Uh, I saw the stat today that the 
uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the last uh, six weeks. They've led the league in 20-plus yard plays and completions per game, while the Washington football team has allowed the league's fewest in both categories. If they're able to do this and play the long game and play the field position game with this, uh, with this offense for Tampa Bay, they can keep things close. The, the ultimate question mark is going to be who's going to be under center. Is it Alex Smith with his, with his calf strain on steroids because it's on his leg that had 18 surgeries, or is it going to be Taylor uh, or Tyler Haneke, or in the words of uh, Chase Young, Henneke, is he going to start uh, over Alex Smith? And we saw today uh, Ron Rivera, he came out and said it's a real possibility they might be rotating quarterbacks in and out of this game. Um, I think for Tampa Bay to win this game, they're going to have to establish the run. Washington is over the season 14th versus the rush, but they have been stout over the last couple of weeks. I would expect a lot of Ronald Jones in this game. Uh, the spread, like I said, eight and a half. I like Washington in this game a lot to cover. I'm also a psycho that thinks they could win. So I'm going to put some money on the money line as well, too. Burge, all you, brother. Oof. All right. Well, uh, Puma, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, man. We, we've been agreeing a lot lately. It's Are we of, actually uh, agreeing on the Washington it's, side? It's, it's, it's crazy, man. Like, I also love this Washington defense, you know, with Chase Young and Sweat out there. You know, and, and, you know, after watching Brady for 20 years in New England, you know, I know what his kryptonite is. And his kryptonite is a good pass rush that gets to him quick and hits him. If he starts taking shots, he, he, he gets knocked off his game a little bit. And, Jay, I'm not hating on Brady because I love Brady, all right? Can't I don't tell. know where this misconstrued uh, <laughs> um, take of yours is that I hate Tom Brady because I don't. But it's... It's just uh, well. What's what's know, your it's... what's your thoughts on the fact that the strength of the Washington football team's defensive line is on the edges, and usually when you have strong interior defensive linemen that can cause pressure immediately up the middle is when Tom Brady has the most problems. I... The fact that the strength of the defensive line being on the edges. What's your thoughts on that with Brady? Well, I mean, I mean, Brady does moves very well in the pocket. He still does mm-hmm. at forty three years old. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is, is if this line can create enough havoc in that pocket where it forces him to look off his first, his second read, and he's got to start kind of, kind of moving around a lot, and, and you know he's he's scrambling to find a receiver, then he's going to get knocked off on his game, and he's going to get knocked off his game if he starts getting knocked to the ground. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, he, you've seen it in the past where he gets upset when he gets hit. I mean, I, I haven't watched enough of him this year to see if he's been doing that. I, all I've seen, you know, is when he was screaming after the New Orleans game, but that was light years ago. Um, but you know. I, I, I just, I, I have this, like, again, I'm going a lot with my gut this week, and it's just, it's just, it, it, I'm leaning Washington in this game. And I, I definitely love them the cover. I, I yeah. they're going to they're gonna keep well, this game close. Well, I think we all agree it's going to be a close game. Even I think it's going to be a close game. But do you actually will go on the limb and say that they're going to win? I fucking will. So I'll go Puma's for it right now. So I like the I think Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen would like a word about interior rushers that can get pressure and get after mm-hmm. Brady. I, I think they would they would definitely like a word in regards to that. And and I, I, call me a psycho. I I think Washington could win this game up in up at FedEx Field. Well, here's I, here's my thought process on the Washington football team's defense. Yes, they have a great defensive line, a great defensive line. 
But I think their secondary can be had if you don't put that pressure on the quarterback. And I do believe if they're not getting to Tom Brady immediately or within like two seconds, he's going to be able to torch that secondary. So, you know, yes, their stats are gaudy on defense, but it's all predicated on that defensive line playing well. If somehow the Washington football, I'm sorry, if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can actually provide a little bit of, uh, of protection for Brady, I think that defense can be had. Well, I think Mike Evans' availability in this game, you know, mm-hmm. he got dinged up in that last game too. It looks like it was nothing serious, so, you know, he he he's, he could go this week. But I think that plays a significant part. And you could say what you want about it. Antonio Brown came out, you know, in his absence and all that. But I I think if Mike Evans goes down and he for some reason he can't play or he's not a hundred percent, I think that that's a big factor in this game. Yeah, going against now, a good defense. Well, the real question I have is, can the Washington football team score enough? Right. Like, oh, sure. Sure. Washington defense will hold. You know, I do think it's going to be, you know, they might be able to hold Tampa to 20 points, maybe 24, you know, but but can Alex Smith and that Washington football team muster up 24, 25, 26 points to beat them? And I think that's a tall task. Right. Even if Washington leans on the ground game behind Antonio Gibson, the Buccaneers have allowed the fewest rushing yards per game in the NFL this season. They've also allowed the least rushing touchdowns in the in the league as well. So while you know the secondary for the Buccaneers has been hit or miss this year, their run defense is stout. And if you shut down the Washington run attack, can Alex Smith carry them with with the issues that he has? That's my question, and I don't think he can. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm gonna have Tom Brady and the Buccaneers winning this, and it's gonna be close. Like I said, it's gonna be like a 27-20 game, 26-20, um, but it's gonna be a close game. I I will take Washington to cover as well. I, I think. I'm, Oh, real quick, I'm sorry, Burge. I don't mean to keep cutting you off, but like, real quick, Antonio Gibson. I think he can break off a long run to find it and find his way into the end zone. And I love Logan Thomas in this game. This is this is just a gut call from from me right here. But a lot of that coverage is going to roll towards Terry McLaurin, aka the captain, and I think that's going to open up uh, Logan Thomas in the passing game and quick routes. I mean, we saw this against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were able to do methodical drives through something like that with Logan Thomas having a day. I think they could do that against this Todd Bowles defense. I'm picking Washington to win this game outright. Just in Mm. case I didn't clarify that. Okay, so we've got two two hating ass people picking uh, against. I'm just Brady. I'm just more amazed. I'm not gonna take the bait on that. I'm just really more amazed that Burge and I are keeping like the agreement train yeah. going, short what's of like this? that bump on the tracks with the Indianapolis with the and Buffalo. What's, what's uh what's this little alliance you got going on here? I don't know, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> You're trashing a Bill Belichick that's got me all triggered. Oh, here we go. Now, now it's fight night. Here it comes. Ding, 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 ding. No, can't do it tonight. Can't do it tonight. I can't do it. I, I saw a uh, virgin. Uh, just a quick comment on that. I saw those comments yesterday uh, coming through his radio interview. I almost fucking threw my phone. I was so fucking heated. I was so fucking heated. But that's for a different time and different debate. But listen, oh, it's yeah. gonna it's gonna be a great game. It's gonna be a great game between the Washington football team and and you know at the end of the day, I just I just cannot in good conscience pick uh, Alex Smith over Tom Brady. But listen, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it's going to be a close game. Um, it's going to be fun to watch and we'll see what happens, man. Now, I do think at the end of the day that they will get this win and they won't win next week because I, I, I was telling Brady before the podcast started, the Buccaneers are really going to be good next year. Next year is going to be the big Super Bowl run year. But I think they'll be able to muster out this win and end up losing them in Green Bay next uh, next week. Washington wins if they score on an interception. That's it. They got they got to score on defense. They got to create a yeah. turnover. They got to score on defense. That's going to be the key to the there. game. Yep, yep. All right, let's move on. Uh, any more questions? Any more comments? Nah, on let's that? get to the goddamn Saturday primetime game. That was that was Saturday primetime. 
Oh, shit. Sunday. My bad. Sunday let's morning. Get to, let's go. get to the Sunday <laughs> 1 o'clock games. We've got the fifth-seeded Baltimore Ravens at 11-5 taking on the fourth-seeded Tennessee Titans at 11-5. I think this is probably going to be the best game of the weekend. It's mm-hmm. going to be close. It's going to be tight. It's going to be a drag-out knuckle fight. Who do you got winning this game, Puma? So... Another good game, and J.D., your point about this being possibly the best game on the slate with everything going on in Cleveland right now, we're going to get to that in a little bit later. Do you guys think it's possible this game gets moved to primetime? I mean, I hope uh, they did. I don't know why this game isn't in primetime. Can they flex uh, playoff games? Well, with, with all the COVID stuff going on, they might want to yeah. guarantee that they have mm. a game in primetime. Mm. It might make sense to move this to the 8 o'clock slot, time slot. Well, listen, um, I, I would love to see that. That'd be amazing because the way it's looking like out of Cleveland right now with head coach uh, Kevin Stefanski and yeah. some of the COVID problems going on, this would be amazing because I do think the Baltimore Ravens are picking at the right time and this could be the start of the Ravens' revenge tour. Put them mm. on primetime. I want to see this yeah. shit. Why not? Uh, but to, to get into the, the picks... I like Tennessee in this game. And listen, I know the defense for Tennessee has been awful with a capital A. I understand awful. that. Oof. Awful, capital A, exclamation point. But we can't ignore the fact that the offensive side of the football is filled with a bunch of studs. And it's led by Derrick Henry rumbling uh, for 2,000 yards this season. A.J. Brown is, a, is a, a great wide receiver on that lineup. Corey Davis has kind of had his spots this year. Johnny Smith is a red zone target. Uh, I, I like Tennessee in this game. I think it's, you know, it's going to be, you know, Baltimore, Tennessee, obviously 2.0 from, uh, from the playoffs last year. And to your point, Baltimore has been peaking, but I mean, we, Lamar Jackson, the playoffs, and I know like th- this could probably be the year where he could pro- you know, possibly win a playoff game. But with everything up against uh, Lamar Jackson Planet, at this point. You, I'm sorry, are you using the the playoff argument against Lamar Jackson when your boy Josh Hunt hasn't won a playoff game either? Yep. Yes, oh. I am. Yep. Okay. I just want to point fine. that out for the record. I just, I I just point think, that out for the record. I just think that with this with this running game, with Derrick Henry, he is going to grind this defense down. And, you know, with, with Tennessee, they're, they're going to give up a shit ton of points. They're, they, I... I just don't know if, if Baltimore is going to be able to keep up and, and, and whatnot. So I just like Tennessee this game. Uh, Baltimore, they have come along with the passing game. Hollywood Brown is no longer Venice Beach. Hollywood Brown is kind of back to like Hollywood Brown, but not Rodeo Brown. Um, I just, I like Tennessee in this game. It's, call it a gut feeling. They're getting three and a half points uh, in this game. I definitely love the over at 55. I think there's going to be a bunch of points scored. But I, uh, I just call it a gut check. I like Tennessee in this game. I think they have, they have a hard time stopping Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Man, we got a lot of gut gut calls on this podcast tonight. Because everything's yeah. so close, man. Like every like Razor's Edge, you know. That's that, why it's super listen, wild card I was, weekend. I was looking at the, the games for this weekend, and obviously I don't know what's going to happen with the COVID situation in Cleveland, but all the games minus the Chicago Bears and Saints game, I'm like, you know what? I really can flip a coin right now, and this could go this could go either way. These are some really highly contested games minus that uh, Bears and Saints game. Yeah, I agree with you 100% there. And it starts with this one too. I mean, Baltimore, Tennessee, you got two great running attacks on offense. Mm-hmm. Uh my heart in this game is is leaning towards Tennessee. I they they were my one of my early picks to go to the Super Bowl, but I I just think Baltimore's peaking at the right time, and you know Lamar Jackson I think is finally going to get the monkey off his back. 
and, and, and win this game. It's going to be – I would take the over in this game too. I think there's going to be a ton of points scored. I mm-hmm. love Derrick Henry. Uh, if, if he's not one of the nominees for the MVP, I mean, I know it's a quarterback award, but I think Derrick Henry deserves it. Rushes for over 2,000 yards this year. Um, but I, I, I just – my gut is, t- is, is going towards Baltimore, just the way they've been playing, more or less since they had the COVID outbreak. They've been, you know, mm-hmm. kind of hitting – Hitting the ground running. I know they haven't played a whole heck of a lot of good teams. Um, you know, they beat they beat Cleveland. That was a that was a good win for them. Um, but the poop I, game. I, I, what's that? In the poop game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I just I, I I like Baltimore to win here, and I, I, I was saying this before the podcast. I really really wanted a Baltimore Buffalo matchup yeah. in the first game here yep. because I, would have I think that would have been a great game. Yep, I would have taken Baltimore to beat the Bills as well. Listen, listen spot on guys. Listen, my dark horse team is the Baltimore Ravens. They're peaking at the right time. They're looking damn good. And part of it is the emergence of JK Dobbins, which you know is About goddamn is huge, time too. Right? You pair him with Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson and running attack, you've got one potent ass lethal offensive attack coming your way the last five games are five and oh they're second in points per game at 37.2 but they're also fifth in points per game allowed at 17.8 so defense is stepping up as well on the other hand though the tennessee titans man that defense has some serious issues lately puma you alluded to it they gave up 29 points in the second half uh, against the houston uh, texans last week and in total they've given up 78 points in the last two games like they got some serious issues to work out. It really is going to come down to the Tennessee offense, who will need to put up at least 30 points to stay with Baltimore. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think at the end of the day, the Titans, they had their chance to win a Super Bowl last year when they're up uh, like 17 or 10 or whatever it was in Kansas City and they weren't able to close the deal. I think their time has come and gone. I think now it's Baltimore's time. Give me Baltimore 33, Tennessee 28. The question I want to ask you guys, though, is this the start of the Ravens' revenge tour? Do you guys think they can actually go and beat the Kansas City Chiefs? Because that will be the next game um, if they're able to beat uh, the Titans this week. I mean, I picked Tennessee, so that's a no. Mm-hmm. How about you, Bird? Do you think they'll be able to go into Kansas City and beat the, the Chiefs? Uh, I, I mean, right now, I would say no. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not picking against Patrick Mahomes until until I, he proves me until uh, somebody proves me wrong about that. I yeah. I, I think that they're going to go to the Super Bowl again. They're, they're they're still my pick to go out of the AFC to the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. So I, I yep. don't think it can it can happen. Cool, cool. All right, let's move on to the worst game of the weekend. The uh, the Chicago Bears at eight and eight taking on doing New Orleans Saints at twelve and four. I don't know why we're picking this game. I see no no way the Bears are gonna win this game. But Puma, we got winning this man. Oh, God, eh. I the the only question though, and I get, I get it. Like Alvin Kamara is gonna probably be back in time for this game uh, himself, along with the rest of the running back room, not named Ty Montgomery. Uh, was out last week uh, for uh, COVID. Uh, the running back room was mostly for close contact, but Alvin Kamara tested positive. He should be back. I, I like New Orleans. I mean, Drew Brees, he, he's battled through the, the, the rib injury here. I, I like the Chicago Bear defense, but, I mean, Trubisky is, is guaranteed a costly back-breaking turnover in the football game. Uh, I like the Saints defense a lot more than Chicago. But I do think it is a close game. I like the Saints in this matchup. The Chicago Bears, they're 10-point dogs. I like them to cover. Uh, the over-under is 47.5. I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. But I do think Chicago keeps it close. What you got? These are some, some pretty big point spreads for the playoffs. Man, 
I, I like I like Chicago to cover in this game too, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick New Orleans to win. Uh, you know, obviously hinges if if Kamara comes back, then you know, comes a lot closer. But or he doesn't come back, it becomes a lot closer. But you know, I'm really pulling for 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 Drew Brees here. I mean, you saw some reports earlier in the, uh, maybe a week earlier in the week that you know he's gonna retire after this season. I'd love to see him win mm-hmm. one more before he goes out. You know, he's had such a great career. Um, I love what. New Orleans defense is brought this year, and you know I I, 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 Chicago's so inconsistent that I, I can't pick them to, to win against you know Drew Brees and that and you know the Saints. So I uh, give me New Orleans to win, but I like Chicago to cover because it's the playoffs. The games are usually closer than they are. You know you don't really you kind of rarely see blowouts in the playoffs. So everything kind of tightens up, but but give me New Orleans to win. Yeah. So listen. Um... Like, sure, the, the Bears' offense was rolling uh, before the loss they had this past week in Week 17. But in general, Chicago has been a bad team versus has been really bad against some good teams, right? They lost they lost six of seven games against good teams. So, I mean, that tells you all you need to know about, about the uh, Chicago Bears. Like, sure, it's a nice story with Mitch and, you know, Nagy turning the season around. But I think all, all around the Saints are a better team by a mile. Plus, this is probably going to be Drew Brees' last hurrah. And just like you said, Burge, I would love for him to win another title. I think he's a great guy. Uh, he's helped out that city quite a bit. Uh, I wouldn't mind one bit if he wins another title on his way out. So not much more to get into here, man. I think it's going to be a little bit of a blowout. I think it's going to be Saints 30-17, to 17, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. No, man. You think Mitchell Trubisky comes back to Chicago next year? You think they bring him back? I think he's oh, going yeah. he's, he's to hoodwink the Bears, yeah. I think he will. They're going to franchise paid. him? Mm-hmm. I don't think I think they're gonna franchise Allen Robinson and then they'll do like a kind of a bridge dummy extension with uh, with Trubisky maybe like two years where only one year is guaranteed kind of deal. Um, I think if Chicago has any chance of beating the Saints, which is very slim, they're gonna have to hit Breeze and make him uncomfortable with those ribs. Yeah. That's that's really it. Just give him happy feet. Yeah. All right. The final game of the uh, Super Wild Card Playoff Weekend. You've got the number six Cleveland Browns at eleven and five traveling to play the number three Pittsburgh Steelers at twelve and four. Pumo, he got win this. This is tough because I had Cleveland winning this game before all this uh, COVID news mm-hmm. came out with uh, Stefanski and the coaches. And over the last two weeks, they've had like twelve people go on there. Um, but I, I still like Cleveland in this game. I, I like the running attack so far. And keep in mind, we're recording on January fifth. Uh, so far, you know, we haven't had an issue like two weeks ago where all the wide receivers were on the COVID list. Uh, Nick Chubb isn't on the list. The, you know, Baker Mayfield's not on the list. Kareem Hunt isn't on there. So I still think they have a puncher's chance. I, I like this pass rush for the Cleveland Browns with uh, with Miles Garrett. He he held himself back. He didn't hit Mason Rudolph <laughs> again with the helmet last week. But I, I just like them getting after after Big Ben here. And, you know, on the Steelers' side, I get it. T.J. Watt is a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. But they haven't committed to running the football. And if you have Big Ben dropping back, throwing 53 times in a football game, that is going to pose a big problem. And I think if that is the case, if they're able to establish their will a bit and that be the Cleveland Browns, I think they could possibly win this game. Uh, The Steelers are six-point favorites over under 47. Um, I, I like Cleveland to win outright in this game. What you got? Yeah, I thought it was going to be a lot closer. I mean, losing your head coach uh, mm-hmm. before a playoff game, your first playoff game in, what, 19 years since 2002, is a pretty big deal. 
Um, you know, if anybody else comes out in the next few days that tests positive, you know, it's going to be a real problem for Cleveland. I mean, Pittsburgh almost beat Cleveland when Cleveland was fighting for their playoff lives with backups, you know, with Mason Rudolph in there, no Pouncey uh, out there as well. And they lost by two points. So, you know, I, I like Pittsburgh to win this game. You know, their season off veterans, they've been there, you know, countless times, you know, a big key to this game for me is going to be will the Pittsburgh receivers drop multiple passes in this game? You know, they've had serious issues with the drops all year. And, you know, obviously their running game has been non-existent. I don't expect that to change in this game. But, you know, Big Ben's going to be back in there playing. You know, he's got some serious talent at the wide receiver position. They, they seem to find all these receivers, you know, in the draft and turn them into bona fide NFL players. Um, I'm not going to pick against Pittsburgh right now. Um, you know, you say, can you repeat the uh, spread again, Puma? Uh, six points. Six points. I see. I, I like it to be a close game still. Um, obviously, bearing any more outbreaks, I, I like Cleveland to cover, but I think Pittsburgh is going to to win this game and move forward with their season. Yeah, listen, man. This is a rematch of Week 17 between these two teams, and I always, for some reason, uh, like it annoys me when teams play back to back weeks. But you know, it's just unfortunately how it panned out. But I do think this time it's going to be a completely different ball game. The Steelers get their starters back. You know, season was split 1-1. Um, but the one time the Pittsburgh Steelers did beat the Cleveland Browns in week six, it was like a decisive 38-7 beatdown. Now, hopefully the defense um, for the Steelers um, can, uh, can be bolstered uh, with the return of some key starters and they can put a stop to the Cleveland running attack. Um, it was promising, though, the Steelers' defense, even with some uh, starters not playing, was able to clamp down on Baker and the, uh, the passing attack. So that was, that, that was great for those guys. Now, it's hard to pin down which Browns team will show up. I mean, the Browns can be great one week and poo one week. I mean, they're just all over the, the map. Um, I think this game can go either way, truthfully. It seems like a long time since the Steelers were undefeated. Um, they've lost four of the last five. But I think at the end of the day, with the Browns and everything that's been going on with the COVID and everything else, I think it's just too much. I'll take the Steelers to win this 24-21. Yeah, I think it's like you said, it's going to be a close game, man. And, you know, it's just another one of those games that you could see flip one mm -hmm. way or the other. It's, it's just flip a coin. Yeah, seriously, man. Seriously. Um, cool. Anything else you guys want to get to before we wrap this podcast up? Uh, just my best bets real quick. I got Go Buffalo. It. Buffalo at six and a half. I'm laying the points. Give me the Rams taking points at uh, four point underdogs. Uh, Washington uh, eight and a half. I'm going to bet that. I'm also going to put money down on the money line here. Uh, Tennessee Titans as an underdog. Uh, three and a half points. I also love the over in this game. Chicago. I think they could cover the 10 point spread. Cleveland. Uh, give me. Uh, I think they're going to cover. I think they're going to win outright the, the, with the, the four point spread as well too. Uh, so give me a, or six points, I should say. So give me all this. I'm barking with the dogs a lot this week, but I, uh, I like this and I'll put a, a decent amount of money down on Washington this week. How much is decent? Oh, let's see. Probably like one unit, you know, what's a unit? $100. Well, it's, it depends on what each person's bankroll is. So, <laughs> you know. Nice. I'll probably nice. end up putting like. Between the money line and the point spread, probably like 50 bucks, 75 bucks, okay. something like that. Nice. Not bad. Not bad. Real, cool, real cool. quick before we wrap it up, do, do you guys like the new format this year with uh, the added game, the added yep. wild card spot, and the uh, one less buy? Do you think uh, you think it's going to be good for the league? I think so. I like mm -hmm. it. It's you know it's more football. It's more playoff games. And you know earlier this year I was 
I was on the record saying, oh, great, we're like turning into the NBA here. But with, with what the competition has been like this year, you know, I, I think it's just going to be a great weekend of watching football. And I think this is kind of what the doctor ordered in regards to, you know, viewership and whatnot. And with a lot of these games being put on Nickelodeon, uh, you know, going after a younger audience, I, I think that's great. Yeah, so what, what, what is up with that? Is, like, SpongeBob and Patrick going to call the game? Like, what, what's the deal with this? Is it, I think uh... they're going to have, like, mini cameos coming in and out of, uh, uh, out of commercial break kind of deal. But mm. I think you're going to see some nickelodeon characters uh on the broadcast at some point it's so different to, uh, than like espn with the muppets i might have to go over and uh, check it out real quick see what the yeah. dealio is you know I'm, I'm a big fan of patrick and spongebob they're my boys mm-hmm. i admit <laughs> Do you I think they'll sing sweet victory <laughs> <laughs> you never know man <laughs> now i think it's only one game they're doing that for right they're only doing it for the chicago bears and saints game right Right, right, which makes sense for uh, for it to be on a, a cartoon kids network mm-hmm, because that mm-hmm. game's a joke. But yeah, I think I think it's only one. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's great. Long long story short, more football in the playoffs is a great problem to have. Yeah, listen, I think the fact that essentially now the bye becomes even more important. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of times, you know, teams will start resting uh, week 15, 16. They've already locked up one and two um, mm-hmm. bye weeks. So oh, uh, but Jay, one- the sanctity of the game. We can't rest. The sanctity of the game. You can't do that. Don't tell Karen Florio that. Okay, Joe Judge. Yeah, exactly right. So, listen, I got no problem with it, man. And uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. The playoffs are here, man. It's been a trying year. I know a lot of people had a hard-on for the NFL to fail this year. Um, There was quite a bit of that going around. But, you know, they've had their issues. Yes, I understand that. But to get through 256 games, man, uh, no bubble. You've got to applaud the guys. So I'm happy for the commissioner. I'm happy for the owners. Um, and a job well done, NFL. Uh, I wouldn't say that just yet. I just I just hope that they can get through the playoffs without without mm-hmm. having any kind yeah. of outbreak. Too. I, do, I, mean, I do think that there's a, a little bit of a mistake being made here. And it's not really on the owners, the commissioner, because the players won't allow for a bubble. The CBA and how it's written mm-hmm. um, would have to be kind of, uh, kind of rewritten for a bubble to happen. Um, but I do think that this might essentially lead to some competitive issues here with uh, with the playoffs. Uh, but then again, it's not the owners or the or the commissioners call. It's all about the players and how they wanted it. Yeah, I mean, I think a bubble would have made a lot of sense for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, just to protect. You know, I mean, you're talking you're talking a month a month mm-hmm. to be down there. Yeah. And I, you know, a lot of these other leagues, you know, the NBA and the NHL did it. It was just for the playoffs, and they went into a bubble, and everything worked out just great. You didn't have any games, even close to being uh, worried about uh, being canceled or having to be moved or you know TV slots, all that. They just got it done, and you know, it would have been nice to see that. It would have me, you know, kind of made me feel a little better. You know that. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen. I mean, you see what's happened with Cleveland right now in the, mm-hmm. going into the playoffs. So, yeah. Well, listen, I think I think during the middle of the season, there was a story being floated around the NFL could consider a, a bubble, but it was quickly shot down, essentially, from the players. Yeah. Um, in a perfect world, I would love for them to end the season, have a week off so everybody kind of get caught, gets caught up on those uh, – on those COVID tests, and essentially, if there's any yeah. positives, you can kind of weed those out, and then go into a bubble um, for the team. So, but unfortunately, that didn't happen. Uh, let's just hope for the best, and hopefully, get through all uh, all the games in the playoffs. Yeah, I just hope COVID doesn't doesn't kind of derail some of these teams, just because, mm-hmm. you know, bad luck. I guess you could call it. Yeah. So. Yep. Anything else, guys? You want to wrap it up? I'm good. I'm good. All right, Puma, it's all you, bro.
All right, so this episode of the podcast and previous ones can be found on uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, under Pro Football Radio Podcast, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter, at PFR Podcast. I'm on the Twitter machine, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. Our senior analyst contributor, uh, Burge, is at Burge the Goalie on the Twitter machine. He uh, he loves to have himself a day going after 98.5, the sports hub, so definitely worth the follow as well, too, obviously. Uh, hit us up on social media. Like, subscribe, download. Uh, we want to make this podcast towards you guys, so any input or uh, mailbag questions greatly appreciated. And uh, let's let's enjoy the playoffs while we have them, boys. This is going to be great. Burge, didn't you have something with Bedard today? What was happening with that? Oh, oh, Mr. Bedard. Oh, man. <laughs> Bedard, Bedard joined the Mr. Uh, the Bedard. Mr. Bedard. <laughs> oh, man. What are we, dude, school was... here? Mr. Bedard? <laughs> oh, no, I was, I was loving Mr. him Mr. Feeney. <laughs> oh, hey, don't be hating, man. Oh, you're going to be hating when you hear what he had to say. But, oh, he was spot on with his talk about the Buffalo Bills uh, today. And I was like, let's go. What did he, he say? He said that they have a fancy quarterback who is, you know, playing well right now. But let's be honest, Josh Allen had a great first four games the last in the last three games. But in the middle, he was an average to below average quarterback. I was all over that. I'm like, that's exactly what Jay and I have been talking about all year. And he also said he doesn't hate the Buffalo Bills. He thinks they're a great team. He loves what they have. But boy, oh boy, does he hate their fans. And I'm like... You're speaking my choir, man. Yeah, I his pathways are fucking is, bearable. Oh man, that's that was all me. And I'm like, dude, you hit it spot on. I bow down to you. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, because pathways are fucking bearable. Okay, I and, am. Uh, I am. I know what I'm let's, talking let's, about. I'm let's not... be honest. Y'all are trading in Cam Newton and Jared Sidham in a cocaine heartbeat for Josh Allen right now. Let's stop that trade. I would not. I'd rather have a rookie. Oh, yeah. okay, 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 yes. Burge. Okay. Same here, same here. I'll, I'll okay. pass on Josh Allen. I'm not okay. hitching my wagon to Josh Allen. No way. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe in three okay. weeks, if he actually wins a playoff game, I might consider it, but I'm, I'm out for right now. Okay. Okay. I'll, well, I'll we'll, be there we'll with find you. Out. I'll be there with you. He wins we'll something, okay. But I'll always be Punch saying, Punch your man. ticket versus uh, Cleveland. Okay. Um, last thing before we could jump off. Did you guys see those Von Miller texts this morning? And what was oh, your God, reaction when he saw those? Like, is there anything that the league can do about this? Or is that just a bad look on him, you know? I guess bad look on him. I mean, <laughs> the guy's been out of the league for, I mean, the season because he, he tore his knee up in training camp. But, yeah. no, in all seriousness, like. Fucked up shit, right? Fucked it was, up. It was, it was, it was messed up. Like, the, the, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why. We don't have to repeat any of that anyways, man. No. We don't have to get into it, you know. You would put that on there. <laughs> uh, if you want to look it up, just go to Twitter. He's trending f- for notorious reasons. But, uh, long story short, there really, I, in my opinion, I don't think there's really anything the NFL can do about it. So, I think it's a terrible look for him as a person, just as a person overall, yep. not even as an athlete, just as a person. It's a terrible look, and you know my, you know I always respected him, and you know he it took a hit reading those text messages. I was just like, wow. Yeah, I know. It's pretty do we know that. if that's like to play devil's avocado here? And I know we're trying to get the fuck off of here, but like, do we know? If that's like verified, Von Miller, or that isn't like a spoof account that he's like, that this ex fiance is like, hey, like, 
help me out with this and let's drag Von Miller through the mud. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Uh, well, I haven't seen a, a strong rebuke from Von Miller just yet. Um, so I think that might be that he's trying to figure out what his next game plan is. He's trying to figure out what his, you know, PR strategist or whoever it works for his marketing. They're probably trying to figure this out because they would have come out with a strong rebuke throughout the midday, right? I mean, this yeah. thing came out in the morning. We were heard in the afternoon that on Twitter or yeah. somewhere that Von Miller uh, vehemently denies any of this shit. But we haven't heard anything from him. So it kind of makes me think, well, maybe this is for real, you know? Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Jake, on that. I just, I, I read that, I was like, that's a disgrace. Mm -hmm. Disgrace. All right. Well, on that happy note, I think it's time to end the podcast. <laughs> yep. Yep. Hang on. I got to hit Freddie with something real quick. Got to hit Freddie with uh, playoff. Freddie Soliotis, you're fired. Oh, it hits me in the chest every time. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the playoffs. Bye, Conti. Go, go Colts. Uh, shut up, Burge.